Well, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Oh, my gosh. And um, this is exciting to have you here. So thanks for coming by. Helen Mitchell, uh, speaker, author, consultant. What I love about your background is that you don't have just one thing. You have many things that make you able to speak into the lives of people. You're, you're not only a speaker, an author, a consultant, but you have worked in higher education, are working in higher education at the Talbot Center for Faith, Work, and Economics, where you're the director. You were at a young age uh, in corporate America trying to sell things, do things, lead teams. And you worked at Saddleback Church as the founder of the workplace ministry there. A couple thousand people in small groups. Right. What I love about that is they were scattered all around the area, not meeting at church, but meeting in their in workplace. workplaces. So that was exciting. So thanks for coming. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, Greg. Yeah. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, what do we do? What do we say to this business person out there who uh, they're trying to run their company? They're uh, maybe struggling with people issues. They're trying to be profitable. They're trying to meet their bank covenants. Uh, maybe they haven't read too many books on the theology of work. Maybe they haven't read Tim Keller, maybe they haven't read Scott Ray, maybe they haven't read I don't know who, but they're just trying to make a dollar, keep their company going, keep their people happy. And when you say, when we say the theology of work matters, they say, how do I do that? I don't know what, what to do. Where do I start? What would you say to them? And, and that is a great question. It's a very common question. Uh, another question uh, thought is, faith at work or uh -huh. workplace ministry, what do I do? Yeah. And that is, in essence, I think one of the first questions that exhausts people before they even get started is, right. what do I do? I've got enough to do. I'm right. working these overtime hours and trying to keep business going and keep employees yeah. uh, on track. And what do I do? And for the most part, it feels like just another thing that people have to do mm -hmm. or a checklist or a list of activities or to be a good moral person. Mm -hmm. And uh, some people actually just check out of the conversation right there. Yeah, because it sounds like it sounds like another job. Exactly. Right? I remember back in the non-internet days, I was running my company up in Vancouver and I was trying to hire somebody and I would uh, try to find in a book, no internet back then, that's how old I am. I would try to find in these books, well, what does the Bible have to say about hiring somebody? But all there was at the time was maybe the book, Your Work Matters to God. And I clung onto that thing. Mm -hmm. I would fly across the country to a conference to try to figure it out. But then I'd go back, and a customer had a need, and the bank wanted me to put more money in my line of credit so that they didn't shut me down, and I kind of lost track of it. But today it's uh, 2017. We have the Internet. Um, but still, what would you say to that person who says, I want to integrate my faith into my work, but I don't know where to start? It's a, it's a great question. And you first brought up a couple of really great points that we need to look at, uh, first of which is someone who is looking into this and trying to figure out what does this mean will maybe even get direction from the church and mm. as to what it might mean. And a lot of times when we ask people in the marketplace, whether they be business leaders or not, what, what would you do? How do you integrate your faith at your work? And we would get what we would consider to be typical church answers. Um, I have a Bible study at church, and I am all for it as we 
launched over 500 small groups meeting in workplaces across Southern mm. California through wow. Saddleback Church, or they, I pray for people, or I counsel people, or I, uh, you know, do a variety of different things. But the problem with that is that's everything that they're doing when they're not doing their job. And as an employee, you know, that's not what they're getting paid to do. And that is not the only way that people can live out or implement uh, their faith at work. And I think that the first step is to your question is what do we do? How do we get started? What would we do? Mm -hmm. I think the first thing is to really just step back from all the doing. Mm -hmm. And um, let's look at it from God's overall perspective. You, you said this is the year 2017. Mm-hmm. You've been investigating this and looking at this since the 1990s. And this is obviously not a new topic. Mm-hmm. And even it goes further back from there. We have um, uh, some of our church fathers, such as Calvin and Luther, who hmm. talked about this and talked about that work has value and is significant in the kingdom and has value. But part of the, part of the problem too, in, in the mix of that conversation, going back to what do we think about business and what do we think about work? Let's back up the truck even further to hmm. Augustine, wow. one of the older church fathers. We're going way back. We're going way back. And if you've ever taken a church history class in uh, at uh, seminary, it's uh, that can be one of the more difficult classes. But Augustine basically said that business itself is evil. Huh. So he didn't share what our later um, thought leaders had, mm-hmm. and that is that work does have intrinsic value. Mm-hmm. So first, we need to really just deal with some of these deeply held beliefs of what do we really believe and what is Scripture really telling us? Yeah, if you go to the bone deep, the core beliefs, if somebody says, listen, they're watching right now, they're, they're saying to themselves, Helen, I get it. I you, you seem like a nice person, but I'm not going to go read any books. Can can you just give me some pointers in the next 20 minutes that you would say these things really matter. You really need to get a hold of this if you want to understand how to integrate your faith at work or how to see work or how to view work or how to view yourself. Absolutely. Um it, it, and for the, I would also suggest that for the business leader, being able to see purpose and value and meaning for their work might be a little bit easier than someone who might be, the, say, the shipping clerk or the construction worker who's pouring concrete mm-hmm. or the barista at your local you know, coffee shop. Right. Some, having them understand a little bit more about intrinsic value because their work has as much value as, say, mm-hmm. a business leader. So I think there would be three things that I would suggest. The first okay. of which is we talk a lot about Genesis in this mm-hmm. conversation, Genesis one twenty seven through mm-hmm. 28, where God created man and woman, and together he, you know, gave them work to go rule and manage the earth with his authority and to mm-hmm. fill fill the earth. And uh, we point to that a lot. Also, Genesis 2.15, God put man in the garden to work it. So a lot of the books in the basic theology will point to that, say, see, see, God gave us work Mm -hmm. before the fall. Mm -hmm. And all that is true. My interpretation of Genesis is this, is that uh, before Jesus gave us the Great Commission, God gave Adam and Eve the Great Management Commission to go Mm -hmm. rule and manage the earth with his authority. Mm -hmm. So the first point is, regardless of the work that we do, whether it's inside the home, raising a family, Mm -hmm. or whether it's running a business or pouring concrete, the first thing is, is that we are stewards Mm -hmm. of what God has determined. And Psalm 24, 1 says the earth and everything in it belongs to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And Greg, do you know what that word everything means? 
in the Greek, isn't it everything? It means everything. Oh my gosh! It means everything. So every every business, every company, every employment, every government, everything belongs to the Lord, as if He's the owner. He's the landlord. He owns the monopoly board. Hmm. Every person in, say, we'll take the marketplace for right now, or every person in a business owner's company has a spot on that monopoly board in mm-hmm. order to make the game work. Mm-hmm. So, so the business leader is supposed to make their business work because it matters to God and they're supposed to do it well. It matters to God. And I say that God gave uh, somebody the wisdom and the revelation and the creativity to create indoor plumbing. And because we now have indoor plumbing, God has gifted people with the ability to be plumbers, Mm -hmm. to maintain that indoor plumbing and the creation of indoor plumbing and all that that brings and water and sanitation adds to the value and increases the value of God's investment called planet earth. Mm-hmm. Scripture also says that God gives us everything for our that he gives us is for our enjoyment. And so he wants he wants to bless us. Mm-hmm. So that business owner his or her business in the very essence of whatever it is that they're producing is adding intrinsic value. Mhm to God's investment called planet Earth hmm. for the benefit of people. Hmm. Hmm. That's pretty cool. I had lunch today with somebody. I thought this was just a myth, this 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 little analogy, but this gentleman who uh, runs a large national ministry said that one of his uh, wealthy business donors was telling him the other day that um, that his pastor thought that he could best serve. This is a multi-million dollar company very wealthy gentleman in a very large city. Pastor said, I would love you to be the parking lot attendant on Sunday morning. Now, there's nothing wrong with being the parking lot attendant, but... Somebody's got to do it. I'm guessing that he has more to contribute to the church than just the parking lot attendant because somehow it feels like that maybe is better than running his company. I don't know what you've experienced, but I, in the, um, oh, in the late 80s, early 90s, we would go forward and pray for the missionaries on Sunday night who were going to somewhere. And then I'd get on a plane and go to work. And I used to drive to the airport thinking, when I get this figured out, I'll be a missionary too. Which was what you didn't know is that you were a missionary. thinking. And you, right. And you were God's ambassador, right? Mm -hmm, It is mm -hmm. bad thinking. So uh, stewards, what's some other things that you would say are important for people to understand uh, that business person out there that says, all right, give me the, give me the quick course. Right. So for your example of the person being asked to be a parking lot attendant, whether maybe that's what they want to do. I always say if someone has control issues, being in parking is, you know, probably a good place for them to be. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that people have a ministry and a service inside and outside the local church. So some pastors will, if you really kind of get them off to the side and they really be honest with you, they're they're a little concerned that if they start affirming people and saying that your ministry is out in the marketplace or your Mm -hmm. ministry is in the home, and we've talked about that and that seems to be okay, but let's just say for the marketplace is where I think a real big question and the rub comes, I think pastors are really concerned that, okay, well, then we'll, you'll stop tithing, you'll stop contributing, you'll, st- you'll stop looking at this. So if we look at whole life discipleship and contribution inside and outside the local church, Ephesians 2.10, you reminded me of that scripture, which says, we are God's workmanship mm-hmm. created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared and planned long ago. Mm-hmm. 
You hear that a lot in church, but I've always heard it in the context of what's coming next is going to be recruited for a church mm-hmm. program, which is absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. And when I ask my business students, what do you think good works means? And, uh, you know, their, their examples account to, you know, doing Bible studies and things like that, helping mm-hmm. the old lady across the street, which we need to do all of it. But do you know what that word works means in the Greek? What does it mean? It means ergon which is we get the word ergonomic and mm-hmm. how we work and the science of working. But it means one of, the, one of the definitions of ergon is business, employment, anything done by hand. Hmm. So will we just stop for just a moment and let's just kind of reread that scripture or rethink about that. For you, Greg, are God's workmanship. Every person, every business leader watching this is God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to run a good business, to run a profitable business, mm-hmm. to run a sound business, for that artist to create good art mm-hmm. that through the very essence of their abilities glorifies God. Mm-hmm. That before the foundation of the world, God determined at all time in history when each life would have his maximum impact. Acts seventeen twenty six tells us that, that God determines the times and the seasons. Mm-hmm. So out of all of time in history, this is when our lives will have the most impact. But before the foundation of the world, God determined that it was a good thing as that we would do good work, mm-hmm. that to run a good business, create good art, make a good film, design a good website, mm-hmm. make a good meal, mm-hmm. be a good parent. Before the foundation of the world, your air gone, God said, that is great. Mm-hmm. I made you for that. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to wait till 5 o'clock. Look at how much money I made, go to the fundraising banquet, and when I write that check for $1,000, feel like now I'm doing something that is important. It didn't. That is important, but you're right. It doesn't start there. It right. has started from the moment that business leader got up. Right. And I think on that very point, for I find that for folks who are your hourly workers, your frontline, your middle managers, I see that for more times than not, they take more joy in their volunteer work at the church for that very reason, that mm-hmm. they feel like they're finally contributing in part because they haven't been making that connection that what I do is sitting at this desk or answering these phones every yeah, day yeah. has value to yeah. God. There's a story that's making the rounds uh, over the last years, the story of Humphrey Monmouth, that as I've uh, talked about him over the last while, I asked for a show of hands who's ever heard of this guy, Humphrey Monmouth, not a single hand. How many have heard of William Tyndale? Almost every hand goes up. That's right. the guy who gave us the English Bible. The story, as it's told, says that Humphrey Monmouth was a guy who gave. Mm. He gave to Tyndale so he could do the Bible. My thought is that since Humphrey Monmouth was a 16th century cloth merchant, that he had to make great cloth or he'd have no customers. Uh, People would run around a little less covered. That's right, that he had to make money at the cloth business or he wouldn't have any money to give to William Tyndale that he had to serve his customers well or they wouldn't buy cloth Mm -hmm. again. So Humphrey Monmouth, 16th century cloth merchant, there had to be great business in order for there to be that great Bible. 
Does that make any sense? It so- makes perfect sense. And what a great example of weaving in character, competency, calling, generosity, all of that. He would not have had great wealth if he didn't have a great business, if he didn't have a quality business, if he didn't run it with ethics and integrity mm-hmm. and create a good product and serve people mm-hmm. and, and, and provide value mm-hmm. to people. People would want to buy this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that in and of itself, God is going, I put you there to create cloth so that people could do all these things things with that cloth and oh mm-hmm. by the way you're managing your business well right and right. there's al- there's also an eternal significance in addition to the actual work itself, Greg. Yeah. One of my favorite parts of the story, not that it's the most important, but it's <clears throat> kind of one of my favorite parts, is that the, actually the way the Tyndale Bible came from where it was printed in Europe back to England, hmm. it was smuggled inside Henry Humphrey Monmouth's bundles of cloth. Wow. So the very work product that he made became a vehicle for the dissemination of the gospel, and it lit the Reformation, as one writer says. That is amazing. So, that is yeah. amazing. I love that story. Talk about a man who is bold and courageous, and you know, we can look back so often and say, gosh, I wish I would have invested into Microsoft at that time. And I'm sure that when Microsoft was first starting out, you know, or Facebook or some of these other things, people were like, oh, that's a really idea. I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about Jesus. And, and, and you know, how many people now would say, I, I wish I would have invested in Microsoft or Facebook stock at that time, mm-hmm. or uh, this, this gentleman? Or did you know that it was primarily the women who funded the ministry of Jesus and of mm-hmm. the Apostle Paul? Mm-hmm. But for the business leader out there, Greg, they may be wondering, oh, that's a really amazing story. Does that mean I now need to, to use my business to do what's spiritual things or to smuggle Bibles. Mm-hmm. I think the one of the, one of the many examples of that story is stewardship. Mm-hmm. And that we're, we're, we're created to do, we're created to be uh, stewards, we're created to do a good work. We've just established those two points. But we also look at long-term implications. Mm-hmm. And we look at the things that are close to God's heart. Discipleship, people, mm-hmm. salvations, people coming into the kingdom, yeah. people finding and growing in their calling. Did you? And, and that, for a business leader, there's a big one right there. Uh, Gallup came up with a survey, has a survey over 10 years, roughly 50% of the people in the workforce, regardless of their job title or level or industry, are just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. And that is a horrible thing. 50%? 50% of the workforce. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I remember uh, Tony Campolo wrote a book a long time ago called Carpe Diem, and in uh, one of the chapters he said, uh, started out the chapter, most people go to work and die. Right. 80% of the people, he said, uh, wish they were in a different job. Right. And I think if, right. a, if a, a CEO or business owner can get this right, that wouldn't it be true that they would reduce that number from 50% or 80% or whatever the number is down to... Uh, instead of the employees of that company saying, can't wait for Friday, they would say, can't wait till Monday. Right, right. That would be every CEO's dream. Yeah. Right. And, you know, if you've got in your in your, uh, your little teeter-totter and your fulcrum here, you've got, you know, your, your profit, the cross, and you've got, you know, people in here. Uh-huh. And in that people element is so much of what that CEO can do um, or business leader. And as they partner with their peers and do good things with the the influence that they have, whether it be time, money, uh, talent, opportunities, and go to Haiti and build houses there. And we need to do that, and we need to think globally, absolutely. But we can't do those things at the expense of the fact that mm-hmm. we might have people in 
in his or her organization where he can invest in to help them grow in Christ? What mm -hmm. about children? Help uh, setting up a fund for potentially helping kids who want to maybe go to a vacation Bible school or a church camp to grow in Christ. Mm -hmm. What about uh, setting up scholarships for um, the fatherless? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Helping these, you know, the, the, them find their calling in yeah. terms of going to college to the things such as such as that. Yeah. Good things like that. One one of our CEOs, uh, one of our convened CEOs in uh, in, in Dallas, Texas area, uh, saw a number of kids on the street, mm. teenagers that really probably needed something to do. Looked at the fact that he had a very large antique car collection, uh, pretty much gathering dust somewhere in a warehouse. So he decided to move the cars, build a bigger warehouse, and teach the kids how to restore old cars. Mm. So now the cars are in a foundation. The kids are doing work with the cars, and That's there's amazing. just a few less teenagers on the street doing nothing in Dallas. And, and having them be productive and use their skills and abilities to, uh, in a way that's fruitful. Who knows what might come of that? Yeah, yeah. You know, when you, you you're making me think of um, of another you know of another story of, uh, of of you know of a business leader in all that he or she has to steward, and we can probably come up with some pretty good ideas of what that might look like and how they can use that. But I think for the average American worker out there, they may be going, well, I can't do that. I can't pull people off the street. I can't do those things. Uh -huh. I think it helps us to remember, again, Genesis 1.27. Also, we need to remember that we are called for good work mm -hmm. and that that, that secretary, that uh, auto mechanic, just the very essence of what God's calling them to do and it's really unlimited as to how the Holy Spirit can work in and through us in our work to affect and impact other people in the kingdom. Hmm. Well, Helen, uh, we're kind of at the end of our time, and I want to say thanks for coming. This has been just a really robust discussion. I love how you have um, the knowledge base of Scripture from your work uh, in higher education, the fact that you work in higher education, and the fact that you understand a business and the church. So thank you so much for coming in. It's absolutely my pleasure, but I would be remiss without, to that point, leaving with one last or two scriptures. Okay. And that is, as we've talked about this, Greg, and you're talking about the value of, of business and of work, the last thing that we need to understand is that not only were we created to do this, God wants us to do this, hmm. but we're, we, we will be rewarded one day for this. Jesus hmm. said in Revelation 2.23, I am going to come back to give to each one according to his works, according to his ergon. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. God is one day going to come back. Jesus is going to come back, and we will each be rewarded. 1 Corinthians 3.13-15 says our works, our ergon, every business, every, every employment, every job description, every spreadsheet, every customer call will be burned up, and that which remains will be rewarded. Mm. And so the very essence of what we do and, and how we do it, we'll be bringing it in potentially into eternity with us. Yeah, it matters, doesn't it? Yes, it's it does. not just an exercise. Thank you, Greg, for the opportunity to share with you today. Thanks for coming in.